Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Rob and Callie Show. My name is Rob Kay. I'm a life coach in New York City, and I'm sitting here with my friend Callie Alpert. What's going on, Callie? Hello, Robbie. How are you doing in our new fancy studio that we're experimenting with here today? We have graduated. We have gone from a mic and an a iBook to a full-out studio. studio in the middle of New York City. We even have an engineer, Joe. We're going to give some props to Joe, who's waving to all of you right now. That's right. Joe's a man. And we are really excited to be in a studio. Yeah. I think the show is growing, and uh, we're expanding into new realms every time we do an episode. So this is really, really great. We are expanding at comp- like epic proportions. Yeah. It's cool. We want to thank everybody for all the support. People have been so great about letting us know what they like about the show, how it's helping them. And, and what they don't like. Yes. Which we appreciate as well. Absolutely. Get some constructive criticism going and trying to see what we want to do with that information, how we're experiencing it. Mm-hmm. It's a real learning process as we go. So thanks, everybody. And um, just to let everybody know, what we're thinking of is in the future, pretty soon, we're going to be taking calls, helping people on the air, answering questions, giving them guidance. We're going to have interviews, some things that we're planning. But for now, if you have a question you want to ask us or you have a problem you're going through or a challenge you need some guidance with, just email us at therobincalleyshow at gmail.com, and we'll try and read that on the air and, yeah, give you some, some guidance that way. Yeah, which I think will be – I really look forward to that too because it will just help us get into a more interactive space. It's really been nice seeing how – People have been connecting with the topics that we've been talking about. Yeah. Um, but given that you and I are, we like to talk and we like to interact, um, that we thought that that might be a nice way to just grow the show and keep them keep the mission going forward. Yeah. So we thank you in advance for sharing any questions you have. Absolutely. So. Um, so today. Today, yeah, we're going to talk about something. I was telling Callie that um, during the weekend. I was eating with a buddy of mine and we were talking about just events, the summertime, how people feel in the summertime, pressure you may feel to be social in the summertime. What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? And then we started talking about how him and his fiance just got engaged and they're going to weddings and they're um, just going to different events during the summer and how they both kind of have social anxiety. Like they really like going to events and like seeing their friends, seeing their family. But at the same time, while they're there, they're a little anxious, you know, they're, and then eventually when they get out of there, they like going home, putting on their sweats and just watching TV. And then they're in their comfort zone kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so it got me thinking like, yeah, I'm like that. Like I love people. I really like people. Um, I think I'm a personable guy, you know, I like interacting with all different kinds of people. And then at the same time, I have this part of me that's, you know, a bit of an isolator where Mm -hmm. I like being on my own, doing my own thing. And so I can relate to, you know, both sides of that. And it's the kind of thing where, um, I, I tell people like, sometimes I have trouble getting there and once I'm there, I'm fine. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know? So I started thinking about how cool it was that I identify with that, what he was talking about and how maybe I just need to accept that part of me rather than judging it all the time. Mm -hmm. Like that part of me that sort of wants to shy away or be by myself or do my own thing, whatever. And it's like, what about if we talked about just accepting ourselves, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be, you know, Mm -hmm. the good, the bad, the indifferent, 
you know, instead of the compare and despair with other people, I'm not like that person. I don't do this. I should do that. It's more like, no, this is one thing that is part of my personality, part of who Rob is. And that's fine. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways I could respond to that because, um, I definitely, on some levels, when I was a kid, I learned very early to be very individualistic, or at least I was encouraged to be because I have a very offbeat, artistic, individualistic mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just quickly, a memory comes, comes to mind. I remember like being a teenager and I really wanted to get Wranglers because that's what all the young hip girls were wearing, <laughs> Wrangler jeans. And I wanted to be like everyone else. Right. And she insisted that that was not going to fly in our household and that why would you want to be like everybody else? You need to be your own unique individual. And so these were um, lessons that were implanted in me when I was really young. Mm. That said, now flashing back to the present, just to speak to your point, Mm. um, because I'm already jumping around so much. We always try not to do that. But um, I do think that you know, we all have so many different parts of us and I still struggle with that too. Sometimes I fight with myself because there's parts of like behaviors that I'm not as accepting mm. of. And an old boss slash friend of mine said to me probably a year ago that it, it really is helpful to try to have a 360 view of yourself. Like if you accept all the different factions, all the different parts, that is being yourself. It's not like you have to pick one or the other. One's right, one's wrong. Yeah. Socializing, isolating, one's more comfortable. You are both of those things. That is who you are, depending on the day, right? Yeah. So I guess the question would be, how much do you fight that and how much do you embrace that? And what is the definition of being yourself? Well, it's interesting because you could go in so many different directions. Like, you know, a real man knows his limits. So I know my limits with certain things. I know certain things I'm good at, certain things I'm not, certain things I like, certain things I don't. And then the other thing is what we talked about in another episode about floating downstream rather than fighting up or swimming upstream. Yeah. So it's like instead of fighting that part of me, being like, no, that's a part of me. It's one part of me. And that's fine. I think one thing that is a challenge for me as most people is sort of like what society's telling you or what other people tell you, especially right. for me, it's other people. Mm-hmm. Cause I grew up a big people pleaser, really more concerned with what other people thought. I moved around a lot. I was a new kid. And so it's sort of like, Learning as I get older, having confidence in my own opinion, my own thoughts, mm-hmm. my own desires. I think it's um, really important to try to listen to your own voice. We talk about this in different contexts a lot, mm-hmm. where you can really get quiet and just figure out who you are and be comfortable with that. All the different parts, the light parts and the dark parts also. That's the other thing. There's the shadow sides of us too that isn't, you know, they're not so cute. Yeah. Um, and we all have them. And I think that the more you embrace them and the more you make peace and honor them, yeah. the uh, less they show up in negative ways too. The parts of you that you don't, you know, that you don't dig so much. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you no, going to say? Good. No, you, no, you, no, no ladies you. First. Oh, ahead. okay. Now we've got chivalry going on in the studio all of a sudden. Um, I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm thinking about like, for me, I would say one of the places where thankfully it's not going on right now in this current stage of my career, which is a nice thing about being in this transitional, more autonomous place I've been in yeah. after having lost my job um, a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, is that I've probably been, had the most confusion about who I am when it comes to my work 
and I've had very different uh, splintered personalities. That sounds a little psychotic, but there's the me that's like deeply inside of me that my friends and family know. And then there's my professional side. And I remember, um, I'm getting flashbacks now, like right after college, I was starting, I was living in New Jersey at my parents' house in the Burbs. I was Mm -hmm. commuting in as all us, you know, kids in our early twenties were doing at the time, living with our, you know, our parents Mm -hmm. and trying to save some bucks. And I remember like my very first job in New York city, I remember vividly being on a train platform, trying to pull my very unruly hair back so that I'd had some modicum of like presentability, my little matching flower outfit that like nobody would catch me dead in today reading a Shirley MacLaine book out on a limb, which is a spiritual book about trying to find your path in metaphysics. It was Mm. probably the very first spiritual book I ever read and feeling this like pit in my gut. Like, this is not like, who am I? I'm reading the spiritual book. I'm going to this job that I'm happy to have, but I don't really feel like it's me. I don't know who, I don't know who me is, Mm. but I remember that the discord really, really palpably, like even talking about, I can still kind of feel it in my gut. Mm. And then Um, as I got older and I would say a lot of this again, um, a lot of things, just the process of life, right. And all the different ways that you make peace with yourself. Mm -hmm. But I had a very formative, albeit very unhealthy relationship, um, for five years in my early to mid Mm thirties where this person, um, my boyfriend at the time was made very similarly to me, which was that we had the hippie wanderlusty, free-spirited side, but we also had the, you know, conventional sort of nice Jewish kid from the suburbs need to, you know, live in the constructs and have a nice straight job and make money side. Mm -hmm. And he really helped me to understand that I don't have to pick one or the other, that I can really be both. And that was the first time it took me until my early twenties to really understand on a deep level that I could be a hybrid and both were cool and that I could coexist. And then since then, it's just been a process of trying to do both of those, honor both sides more often and become more, you know, aligned as like the years have gone by, which now I feel, you know, very good about. Yeah. I like playing with people who work with a lot of different colors. And so I kind of look at life like that. Like the more colors, the better, the more different ideas, different things, things that can help me grow as a person or challenge me. I like that because part of the... The thing that I like about being on earth is I keep growing as a human being. And so it's like whenever I find myself categorizing or judging, I have this thing I call the judge in me. I'm like, whenever I start judging somebody, I'm like, oh, there's a judge, you know? And it's like, I'm constantly trying to let go of that, letting go of constructs and confinement and, you know, ways of keeping things in a box, you know, and it's just part of what I've been trying to do in my life, you know, and it's something I'm always working on. I have my own set beliefs that are black and white and judging people or not relating to people. So I'm always trying to keep relating to people. I want to go back to something you said though, that was really great. You said something about, I did. Yeah. You always (laughs) say a lot of good stuff. So it's like, um, no, you said something about, I forget exactly, but it was something about that sometimes when we're doing this, it's not pretty. Yeah. And one of the things that I really respect about a lot of my friends or like brothers and sisters to me is that when I'm at my ugliest, when I'm at my messiest and I feel like they're going to run away, they run to me or they just stay there with me. They just stay there with me. 
And that means a lot. I mean, it not only means a lot because I'm not alone, but it takes care of that part of me that I feel is the ugliest part of me, the messiest part that no one's going to like. And they're like, nah, I got my own messiness. I got my own part (laughs) that's not too pretty, you know? And that to me, I don't know, y'all. It's like that is one of the most important things that I've ever experienced in life. And that's why I constantly try and talk about it. That maybe right now someone's listening and they just feel ugly or they feel left out or they feel rejected or they feel like they're in pain and it's never going to pass. Or they feel like they're going through a tough time that they never imagined they'd be in. They're like, how am I going to get through this? And it's like part of the thing that I'm trying to do on this show when we do this is to let them know, no, it's all right. It's all right to be a mess. It doesn't mean you're less of a human being, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to get through it because you don't know how you're going to get through it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So does that mean that um, being able to make more peace or get validation from people around you that get you helps you become more of yourself, like helps you become more comfortable in your own skin? Absolutely, because what it does is that heals that old message that there's something wrong with me. So when I go through a time like that and I'm telling myself, there's something wrong with me. I shouldn't be doing this. I, you know, um, I shouldn't want to leave this party and go home and watch a Met, Met game or something like that. Or, you know, um, I, I shouldn't want to go do this or, you know, whatever. Um, I shouldn't be single at this age. You know, whatever the inner message is that I'm telling myself, when someone says, no, that's all right, it heals that message and I can let go of it and then have a new belief. Like, no, I'm all right. And I think one of the things that when I talk to clients or friends or anybody, it's constantly giving that message, whatever it is, it's okay. I, one of the names that I wanted to do for this show was it's okay. <laughs> or, or, or it's, I voted that one down. Yeah. I but, did. but I wanted to do that as whatever is going on with you. Right. It's, it's okay. all good. There's no right or wrong. I think is, is, is what I, what's emerging for me as we talk about this, that there's no right or wrong way to be barring doing something that's flagrantly hurtful to another person, a child, an animal or something that's not, you know, consensual between people, um, or anything that, you know, supports ignorance or, you know, anything that's hurtful. I do believe that everything is okay and sounds very overarching and kind of trite at the same time. (laughs) I know kind of like talking out of both sides of my mouth on some level, but that's one of, when I'm in a situation where I feel uncomfortable or where I don't feel like I'm being myself and usually I can feel it physically in my body because I've I've grown really sensitive to paying attention to all that. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a little weird knot in your belly when you're having an interaction with someone at work or on a date or in your life or in a situation that's not familiar to you. Um, I can check myself and sometimes I'll hear things coming out of my mouth and I'm like, wait a second, that wasn't me. And I use it sort of as an opportunity maybe the next time as sort of a mirror to figure out why I was being um, inauthentic or disingenuous with myself, really. Yeah. This isn't really about anybody else. It's not about our family. It's not about our friends. It's not about our colleagues. It's really about us becoming comfortable in our own skin and being the most us we can be. Right. Isn't that kind of the goal? Yeah. So, so so it's like growing up, I was exhausted all the time because I was always looking for approval from everybody else. And it's like, and I had to learn as I get older that I need to give myself the approval. Yeah. And, um, I remember this is going to sound so flowery and, you know, excellent. I'm excited now. So metaphysical, but I remember my friend Melissa gave me an affirmation, a Louise Hay affirmation. And it's, I love and approve of myself. 
I, I sound like Stuart Smalley totally. You do. So and like, I love myself. I, I love so, but it's like, I love and approve of myself. I trust the process of life. I am safe. And that was so powerful to use because it's like, yeah, I do approve of myself. And something else that I say to people is don't look for approval. Give it. Because you feel so much more empowered when you, it's not that you need to approve of everybody, but instead of looking for it, give it. And it kind of gets me out of myself where instead of feeling like there's something wrong with me, I'm like, no, I'm fine. Let me help you to realize that you're fine. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I'm also thinking as I'm listening to you talk um, about the idea that, you know, is is being ourselves all on us. I guess what, what I'm trying to pose here is I'm, I'm asking myself this question as I'm talking, am I my most self fullness, whatever the, I just made up a new noun, um, with everyone the same way, or is it when you're in a safe territory with someone that, you know, or feel comfortable with versus work where it's less familiar, you know, is it the circumstance or the person that you're oh, with or is point. it all on us? And yeah. so I'm just asking a rhetorical question of mm. both of us right now, because I don't know that I have an answer. I feel like maybe, years back when I wasn't as, like I said, as comfortable with myself as I am now more progressively, mm-hmm. it probably had more to do with other people. So I think about relationships, for example, some, you know, romantic relationships with boyfriends where, um, and one in particular where I was not myself at all. You know, I was really so much more about the energy that he was creating, the space that he was creating. And I was completely disingenuous. I lost my all my integrity with myself, mm. perhaps for a lot of other reasons that had to do with my, you know, codependent tendencies and things I don't need to bore anybody with right now, um, and learning that I needed to do. Mm. But also I just squelched so many parts of my personality in jobs where I wanted to be more comfortable. Now, is that, was that, was that about the job or the, and the people around me, or was that about me? I, I would say my best answer is probably a combo platter. Yeah but ultimately on us, yeah, right? To yeah. both be ourselves and then I think the situations and the people also show up that are more validating of who we are mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. you know? It's interesting because you bring up a really good idea, Callie, which is when I meet somebody, sometimes we have instant rapport. Yeah. We just get along. I feel like, you know, we're from the same tribe. You know, there's something spiritually going on where our souls just connect. And then there are times where that doesn't happen. And sometimes it takes a little while for maybe that kind of rapport to be built. Now, sometimes it won't happen at all. You know, sometimes I deal with people in life in general and they're so guarded that there's no way they're going to lower their guard around me. And I have trouble interacting with people who aren't somewhat vulnerable. I'm not talking about telling me their dirty, darkest secrets immediately. I am. (laughs) Just for the record. That's like when I take Callie to parties sometimes, <laughs> I'm like, look, as your friend, I got to tell you, this is socially inappropriate. <laughs> no, but it's like, and, and then there are other times where sometimes it just takes a little while for people to open up. And that's something I've learned in life, you know, to give it time or just, it doesn't have to be right away. I remember, um, I was going to like a, a class and, um, there were some people at the class and it was sort of like a spiritual class learning all these metaphysical terms and things and ideas and discussions. And I realized that one of the things that I needed to accept about myself is that sometimes I want instant intimacy or I want instant closeness. And some people aren't like that. In fact, they're allergic to it. 
And sometimes you have to warm up to that and get to know them and take it slow. And that everyone has their own speed and everyone has their own formula about how they want people to get into their space in life. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it kind of goes back to what I was talking about, that there's lots of different colors. One of the things about life is that sort of everybody's different, you know, and we have things in common and we have things and we don't. But I think one of the great things about life is that I learn a lot about them, but mostly I learn about myself because I walk away saying, oh, they don't want to talk about personal stuff right away. Oh, I like to do that a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe I need to sort of have more boundaries or it, not more boundaries, but sort of like just have a different approach to life. Yeah. And who, who doesn't want that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a few things. Um... I'm so glad I'm not saying, you know, a lot. Because if I was saying you know a lot on this podcast, then I'd really be <laughs> You'd be looking for outside validation from me for <laughs> you to be yourself with all of your beautiful comments and thoughts, um, which now I totally forgot what I was going to, uh, what I was going to um, say to reply to you. Um, yes. You know, I'm, I'm giving you a little uh, amen over here because I have, and I've been called out by my therapist over the years for this, mm. um, a total addiction to like instant kismet and instant intimacy, yeah. which, you know, again, has way more to do with me needing that probably because somehow, you know, when I was younger, um, that's not how I felt, yeah. you know, maybe around people. And so... Um, I have an, like, I'm especially susceptible to, and hungry for that. And mm -hmm. I've had to learn to kind of tamp that down and let people present themselves and be themselves in their own time, yeah. the way I'm maybe a little bit more, um, transparent a little earlier in the process. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's a really, really, really big point. I guess the big question then is what's the best way to become oneself, you know, is it, I, I think back to, I'm just getting all these like weird childhood memories as we talk about this. I am thinking about, um, being in, I was probably about 15 years old and I was with, you know, a bunch of young teenage girlfriends going through their angst. And we were probably in the phase where we were starting to write in our diaries a lot more actively mm -hmm. or our journals, I guess we called it by then. Mm -hmm. And I remember one friend coming to me and saying, well, I don't know who I am. Who am I? How do I know who I am? And I have no idea where this came from, but I said to her, go sit in a dark room, close your eyes, don't think. And whoever you feel you are, that's who you really are. Mm -hmm. I have no idea where that came from. Mm -hmm. In retrospect, you know, it feels like it might've been kind of on point, but again, what did I know back then? Um, probably a lot, well, especially for uh, a 16 year old girl. Yeah. I, it was, I don't know, maybe I channeled it from somewhere. Who knows? But mm -hmm. at the time, um, it was an interesting concept. And now I do feel like that's kind of who we are, yeah. right? When you get rid of all the noise, mm -hmm. like if you can take your inner world and your inner self out to the outer world mm -hmm. and do that as consistently as possible, that's probably my best goal for myself as much as I'm not saying that I'm professed at it, but mm -hmm. I feel like that's the way that's kind of my MO now is as much as I can check myself mm -hmm. and feel like I'm being as authentic as I can in most situations. Mm -hmm. That's my version of trying to become a, you know, more, a big, just a version of, you know, more complete version of me. Yeah. I got to tell you, it is so awesome being in the studio. Besides what we're saying, just I'm seeing you in a different light metaphorically, but literally it's is like my aura shining. It's amazing. But it's like the whole vibe of this place. Joe being here, the studio. We have I'm a live audience in Joe. I'm, to I'm totally digging it. Yeah. No, it's awesome. 
So, and you also you keep looking over to Joe to incorporate him Joe, into the Joe's conversation because really he's so attentive. Conversation. I'm like, yeah, Joe's part of the crew. It's like we're just hanging out, you know. Like, and meanwhile, I'm thinking, oh, is his audio going to shift now because his mouth is looking over here instead of t- toward the microphone? Yeah. But I'll let Joe worry about that. So, but it's like I I really think that this show has been what you were talking about because it's taking our inner selves and putting in the airwaves and letting people know who we are. And also it makes me look at myself to kind of see why did I wait so long to do this? And what were my fears about it? And what am I getting triggered by the show in positive and negative or challenging ways? And what people are saying or not saying or the good things and the good vibes and the, the anxiety about recording and what am I going to say and everything. It's like, it's sort of like a really good example of what we're talking about because it's pretty challenging for not, for me not to see who I am when I listen to a show or when we're talking about how we're going to proceed with the show. It's sort of like, I don't know, for me, it's been a great tool so far to take a look at myself so do you think that, uh, um, yeah, I guess it, I, I understand that. I mean, it's like, a, obviously this means a lot to both of us and it's a real passion project for us. So it does reflect us sort of leaving as much of ourselves, you know, in the studio as we can. We used to say in the little rented office space. <laughs> now we say we're going to leave it all in the in, studio. In the cubicle. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. Can you guys keep it down a little? We're recording. The walls are a little thin. This isn't like NPR, but it's kind of like better. So could you just keep it down a little? No? Fuck me? Okay. All right. All right. I'm sorry. Take care. Hope you guys have a good meeting. That'll be $17 an hour, please. Yeah, it was like that. Uh, In addition to that, additionally... I do think that this is uh, a nice... I think anytime you have, especially if you're a creative soul like you and I are and lots of our friends are, I feel mm-hmm. like um, a lot of times you're, there's less separation between your outer professional world and your inner world, mm-hmm. right? And the goal is even to merge them, right? So in some ways what we're doing is sort of a deconstruction of us trying to become more of us. Is that heady? No, I think it's it's kind of like the theme of the show and it's how we describe the show and it's what we talk about in the show is really we're trying to support people to be who they are and it sounds heady or maybe like a really large magnanimous concept but again it goes back to how we kind of started, you know? The most genuine Rob I can be. I'm the best Rob I've ever been and I'm just trying to be, you know, the best Rob I can be. That sounds so corny. It's unbelievable. <laughs> a little bit. We're going to edit that yeah. shit right out. Anyway. No, we're not. No, it's... It's, um, it's an interesting process. This whole thing so far, it's been quite a journey and we just started. Yeah. I hope that we inspire people that are listening to just take a look at these things. You know, I certainly don't mean to ever hit anybody over the head with our dogma but I think we do care really um, in, intensely about touching people or feeling like we're, you know, there might be something that relates. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I would just say, I guess this is my idealistic hope is that, you know, more people on the planet become more comfortable being themselves because I just think ultimately that ripples out and makes things a lot happier for everybody, which also sounds really kind of goofy and corny. Well, but goes, just more genuine, you know, I just think authenticity is a really big, I get made fun of by certain people, you know, in my 
especially my family sometimes, that I overuse that word. Mm. And I just think that I don't know that there's any other choice, frankly. I am sort of purist about it mm. because I believe not only for me, you know, selfishly to become a better person, yeah. but I do believe that that is something that can make, you know, communities happier, mm. relationships happier, mm -hmm. societies happier. Yeah. And a lot of the problems in the world are people telling each other, you're not doing it my way or you, you're not okay. There's something wrong with you. You know, it reminds me of Pharrell. Pharrell's always saying like weird is good or he yeah. has certain colloquialisms or ways of saying that over and over again to people that you're doing great just being who you are. You don't yeah. need to be anybody else. Yeah. You know? Well, on that note, we thank everybody for listening. Yes. We welcome, again, we'll just uh, reiterate that we welcome your um, comments, questions, um, especially we are going to start entertaining more questions, giving more guidance and um, life coaching support when we can. Um, if you'd like to offer us any uh, questions via our email at the Rob and Callie show at gmail.com, please feel free to um, share those with us. Uh, you can learn more about me at CallieAlpert.com. And if you're interested in a life coaching session with me or you want to check out my spoken word life coaching album, You Are the Hero Coaching and Affirmations, just go to robk.com. Take care, everybody. Bye.